real news. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. The Joker movie has come out. It is the highly anticipated uh, origin story of the Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix, directed by Todd Phelps, who directed the Hangover uh, trilogy, and now he's directing the Joker origin story. So that's quite a departure from his previous works. We've all seen it. What did we all think? Just first quick hot take of the movie. What did you guys think? Um, well, for the Joker, I think it was it was a look into mental illness and a very interesting and dark humor filled uh, field, field story. What did you think, Phil? Uh, I thought I thought it was I thought it was really good. I had to watch it twice. Like normally, when I light when I see movies like this that are kind of thinker movies and they're kind of anticipator controversial, I like to watch. Well, I like to watch them twice. Once to see, like, if the movie itself like pulls me in, and then the second time I'll, I'll look at like specifics, like specific scenes or like you know certain details that I maybe missed or whatever. But uh, I, yeah, I liked it. I definitely liked it. So, how the first viewing compared to the second viewing? Um, I I don't think it. I don't think it pulled me in all that much like the viewer ability i could i did you could definitely tell it was good in the sense like it was aiming to be to have its cringe moments because of the you know because of what you know the movie's about you know um there's definitely a whole lot of cringe in it but that but it was very like strategically done it was it was good it was good Mm-hmm. What did uh, T think? Oh, I absolutely loved it, honestly. Um, even though it was a bit risky to make, like, a the Joker, right? Yeah, even though it was a bit risky to make an origin movie, I think they uh, nailed it. Yeah, I actually saw it um, with T, and I think it on the first impression the first thing i got out of it real quickly was that it was really dark that was the first thing i noticed which is how dark this movie was and i'm not saying dark as in like literal darkness i mean the the themes it talks about the character that you're watching is all very dark and there's not a lot of violent moments in this movie but when it is violent it's very dark violence and when you know I can just say the reaction to that's also very dark. Because we're doing non-spoilers for now. We will get into spoilers. But I'm just trying to say this as vaguely as possible. But it's... I think when I actually... Right when it ended, I did not know if I liked this movie at all. I really didn't. I thought it was well acted. I thought cinematography was good. I thought the music was okay. I thought it was a little repetitive. I thought... You know, every technical aspect was great. I thought the story was a bit predictable because I could kind of see where everything was going. I knew the certain people that would die, I guessed. And it kind of followed what I thought it would follow. And I, I think the reason I was, un, I was hesitant on liking it at first was because it's almost like you see it and you're like, I don't need to see that again. <laughs> that was, you know, a creepy... Uh, dark, screwed up, you know, person I just followed. Do I really want to see them again? And the more I thought about it, the more I thought of how to reflect of today's society, that's when I started to say, I do like this movie. I 
I'll give this second viewing, but after that, I don't know if I'm going to want to watch it again. Because um, I put in my note, I wrote out a bunch of notes after this, but to me, the one thing that's really good about this movie that I do think everybody should see is because it's a mirror of today's society. It's a reflection of the clown world we live in, the world where everything up is down, down is up, where mass shootings are, you know, the, the, the mass shooters have become celebrities, their faces are all over newspapers the they're for they're they're not you know it's not guns are to blame for these things it's not you know a lot of things that people are quick to point to it's society is to blame for it's how they're treated it's how they're bullied it's how they're um you know treated by people around them it's how they're giving sort of a celebrity status for doing terrible things that's what i think this movie's trying to do is encapsulate our current time period as much as like saturday night fever encapsulated 1977 this encapsulates 2019 in a perfect little nutshell and i like what do you what did you think alex because i know when you came out you said it was really dark do, do you really do you see do you know what i mean when i say like, this movie has such a darkness to it that you almost don't want to watch again do you know what i mean by that because i feel like i'm not the uh, only one that believes this oh no i mean uh like I, I like dark movies like this i i like to go and see that sort of this sort of realism because you see a lot of these origin stories out there like marvel like especially marvel they just have so unrealistic characters that just have these magical superpowers but with the joker you just have like you know it almost feels like it could be real and he just has such depressing life like throughout there's nothing really happy going on in his life and he even admits it and there's some parts of the movie that you know it, it feels like yeah i could absolutely believe this like um we're, we're still not like no spoilers right now yeah for now no spoilers all right but uh, like that's like i i thought definitely you know uh, when i saw it i kind of wanted to go and like see what else happened because like not really that much you know, I feel like there could have been some more going on with this. I mean, this was real, like, this kind of takes place, and you, you've seen the trailer, it's like, at that time of his life, like, he looked like he was, like, one of his 30s and 40s, and he was, he was constantly smoking in there. And I found that interesting, because you really don't see that too often, except in, like, Netflix. You know, like, even, uh, what was that movie? It was, like, uh, Pearl Harbor, and it was supposed to show people in, like, World War Two, and, like, no one was smoking in that, mm -hmm. but they were all drinking. Yeah, that, that's unrealistic. I mean, Phil, you could, you could speak to some of that, like, how the military does does that i'd imagine there'd be a few people quite a few people probably smoking you know on like in the military you know but over in this movie they actually had him smoking they had him you know kind of have a breakdown and i i thought there's definitely some politics in this movie like you could see it subtly like just in the little things like the you know the woman that he um he fancied and the um you know the whole thing with the gun i kind of feel that was a little bit a little bit uh, interesting but overall yeah like, we're gonna talk to about other, that for sure compared to the other movies i've seen it's definitely and then like the whole mental health aspect too but it wasn't <laughs> that bad like it wasn't nearly as bad as like or like captain marvel or anything like that you know it was definitely a uh, and then there's like some allusions to other movies so, like have you ever seen the movie uh, the french connection yeah like they like if you remember that whole like subway thing in there like I could definitely see because I saw that movie not too long ago like at the one part which we'll discuss later like there there's definitely some like allusions to other things but I, I just thought it was like pretty realistic like it's not some like some guy gets bit by a spider or falls into like a vat of nuclear waste yeah it's just a, a kind like a crazy like just an insane man 
you know, and something that feels like it could be realistic in some in some ways. In some ways, it was just completely insane, and there was some political things there. And then, like the enemy, like the whole antagonist, or not the antagonist, because you know you could argue the main character is the antagonist in this, mm. or an anti-hero. But like you know, like the whole thing with the sort of Antifa movement in there. Yeah. That that's actually kind of realistic how that happened because. I, I feel like that's pretty much like how half these movements starts. Like something completely unrelated happens. And now like there's a whole group of people kind of following, you know, this ideology. And I feel like there's there the people that believe in that. Well, it's funny that you mentioned um, the similarities between movies because I, 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 I bet Phil's seen this movie. I haven't. Have you seen Taxi Driver, Phil? I have not. I have actually not. Wow. Okay. This See, here's me. Yeah. This makes me want to go see it. Here's right. the thing I've heard from people that see tax have seen Taxi Driver say that this movie is like Taxi Driver light. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds like this movie takes a lot of influence from that film for better or worse. And I th I think that's where I see some of the more negative reviews this movie is because of that. But I definitely you know I haven't seen Taxi Driver. I can tell that there are some similarities to it. And when you mentioned the Antifa mob at the end, which we'll get to in the spoilers a bit more, that's one thing that I'm a little confused. This movie confused me on was what is the political undertone to this? Because there clearly is one, but what is it? I felt like I don't I, I don't. Well, it's hard for me to to to, to not explain it without spoiling it too much. all right we'll go into spoilers then <laughs> okay all spoiler right. spoiler so, spoiler alert so um for, with the political thing uh, so I'll, I'll just try to try to broaden broaden the explanation a bit uh what i what i saw and what why i saw that was really good about the uh, about the joker was it really portrayed it portrayed this guy who was like hanging on by a thread basically like mm. he's basic you could tell he has a job he's trying to he's hanging on to that but it's not going very well and then uh and you know he's he's getting his butt kicked you know he's you know he's trying to get his you know he's trying to keep his medication and the counseling but the services are getting cut and like and you, and you could slowly see like, all of his stuff is getting slowly sliced away and like and like the one I, I think like the one thing that kind of really set him off was like his mother his mother like the only the only person who he had um a connection with like the you know, only human connection that he really had was with his mother and then when when the only person in his life actually lied to him yeah something snapped right it just snapped like there's nothing like nothing matters anymore nothing i don't care and then that's when you know Pillow to That's the face. Start, yeah, yeah. See, this is why this reminds me. I remember when Alex came out of this movie, he made an interesting comment to me. I think this kind of mm -hmm. stuck with me. This is that this movie does feel a bit. Uh, I, I, it's hard. It's weird. Going to be weird saying this, but it feels almost too real. Like as somebody that knows somebody that's like my my brother's autistic. Uh, for many people that uh listen to the show now, 
he does a lot of the same stuff my brother does. Like the sh his way he shook his legs at like random times, like in a weird way. My brother does that. The way he uh, uncontrollably laughs, my brother will do that, as you saw uh, yesterday. Uh, and seeing, I maybe that's why I have somewhat weird feelings about this movie because it's it's almost freaky, just how real it it felt like it's one of those movies that because like you alex was saying these marvel movies don't feel real at all i'm sorry when you see these like you know thor coming down flying to earth with a spinning you know hammer yeah that that stuff ain't happening <laughs> that's not real and he's not relatable some got god is not relatable but when you see joker as or i, I see i don't even like calling this a joker movie. it's more just an arthur fleck movie this is more about the guy that becomes Joker than actually yeah. Joker. It doesn't start Jokering till literally, I would say, the last there's, 30 minutes. There's definitely little pieces that seem relatable to literally everybody. Yeah. Like, how many, there, there's, we've all felt lonely sometimes, yeah. right? We've all felt like, you know, like sometimes like we were hanging on by a thread. There's so much going on. And like, you know, sometimes we can't handle some of the stuff that's going on and it kind of consumes us for a little bit. And like, um, I, I liked I liked how it, like there was a little something for everybody. Like with, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it played in like the reasons that the Joker became the Joker are, are complex. Like it's complex and they really played into it. Like you have the poli you have the political thing, like with cutting the programs like he he wasn't able to talk to you know he wasn't able to talk to his counselor wasn't able to get his medication and so that played a role and then like there's something you know there there's some there's something with you know his job right you know he he felt unsafe so then he had to get a gun so he had to bring it to work and then so here's the thing why right? do those okay i get this is where the movie sometimes took me out of it well and this could be because this is set more in the 70s but his co-workers know he has mental problems and when they give him the gun he literally says to them you know i can't have this and they still give it to him like maybe it's because of the world we live in now but wouldn't they know that's a dumb idea <laughs> all right so so first off Gotham City, that's New that's New York. You know, Pretty you can much. call it Gotham. It is New York in the seventies or eighties. And when you go and take a look at that, like even back in like the, the early 1900s, they had like pretty strict gun control in New York City. Like even back then to get a pistol was, you had to go through a bunch of hoops. You would not be just giving, you know, this guy a gun. And even back then, they'd still be able to go and trace that stuff back to the one guy. So why would he even give it to him? Like that's just unrealistic to me. It feels like it's sort of part of this like um, agenda going on. And then second... You know, like, look at that whole thing where the the Wall Street guys just, like, started beating up this dude. Do you really yeah. think? Like, that was unrealistic because why? Like, I know that that's another political angle, obviously. It's like, oh, the rich just want to go and beat up people. No, I would. that wouldn't happen. You would not see, like, I could see, frat, like, frat boys or something more likely to do something like that. Like, no, I'm not going to try, like, throwing shade at the frat boys. But that's more likely, you know, you get these people who are still going to college who don't really give a crap versus people who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, you know, the shoes they're wearing is probably worth more than, like, the average person's salary in a year. So why would they go and, like, use it to go and kick some guy in the face? 
Yeah, well, that's where I'm trying to figure out. Is this movie trying to say, screw the rich, or the, the rich are terrible? What is that? Is it trying to have a lefty message with that? Well, I think oh, there's I, a little slice. I think there's a little slice of that. Um, I think it's part of it. Like, there's a little piece of that. Like, uh, a very um, rich, rich versus poor kind of thing where, you know, where you had where you had the Waynes running for office and uh, and there's definitely like a disconnect between the rich and entitled and everybody else pretty much but is it also trying to say though so this is what I'm saying this movie's a little confusing but is it also trying to say you know the, the, the Joker is a bad guy these Antifa clowns are bad guys but you, uh, the you know, the, the audience, I guess you could say, are creating these monsters. You know, social media, the media, the rich, the whoever, you guys are creating these monsters. Is that what it's trying to say? Well, I think that goes into the mirror. Like, you're showing mm -hmm. it, like it's the mirror of the viewer, right? It's a mirror to the viewer. And, and I know, and I noticed that, like, the media really did not like the Joker very much. Yes. Uh, because it really does point out like the media tends to not like anything that goes against them right because as you really like that you look into the like you also look into the part of the movie where the talk show host you know makes fun of them and then he goes in there and well, here's the other thing why did they invite him on the show because I could understand you know um, making fun of him on the talk show, but they bring him on, and then he comes on in a clown outfit, and he's acting a bit weird. <laughs> because because the character was... Because he was popular. Meaning they didn't care. They wanted to give the message. They wanted to give the message that this show didn't care mm -hmm. that this guy had problems, and obviously had problems, or whatever. This guy sold, and we wanted to get... We wanted to keep that going regardless of what it did to this individual. So, well, I'm gonna see like him inviting the guy on, kind of like what a Tosh.0 would do, or like a, a Howard Stern where he invites really crazy people on. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that seems actually pretty realistic, but you know, back to what you're mentioning earlier about the mirror, I, I feel like this kind of showed like the worst of both worlds, and like it, it was kind of uh, nihilistic in that. It's like, oh, both sides, you know, they, they do terrible things. But on the other hand, it also shows, like, you know, the Joker's supposed to be a villain, and he is basically the, you know, their, the Antifa, like, savior over there. So mm. it kind of shows that, where it's like, and I think that's why the media hates it, because it didn't really put Antifa in a good light. They're, they basically just started following some mentally ill guy and, uh, you know, attaching political reasons to stuff when there's no political reasons they're seeing something it's like an ex post facto or you know you see it first and then they just start coming up with reasons why he decided to attack the rich yeah and i, and I think that was part of why they don't like it because you know the media love antifa well that's why i'm confused i was like critics when this first this movie premiered at i think the venice film festival or some film festival it was like 94 percent rotten tomatoes and then as time went on it dropped all the way down to 69 
And I'm looking <laughs> at like, yeah, haha. <laughs> is this either not that great of a movie or is it that there's something in this movie that's pissing the right people off? And when you see CNN sending out weird like tweets about saying that some, if they connected to like white men or something, and it was really bizarre. I think I know why they did it. Why? Um, I think there's like few people on like uh, on the right who are like a right wing celebrities like a Sargon and like a few Sargon. other Sargon, <laughs> yeah, Sargon of Akali and a few other people who actually happen to like the movie and yeah, say but these some good reviews stuff. came out before that. Really? Yeah. So why don't I they don't... like it? Well, here's the reason why. I, I think that they had some you know some real lefty person go and write some like critical piece on there. You know, probably working for some state-run university. And they write this critical piece about, like, why this movie is, like, racist or something. And then some guys on 4chan were like, hey, this joker, this kind of sounds like an M, so let's go make a meme out of this. Well, that and is so what happened up- before these negative reviews came in, was that there was this sort of 4chan meme being spread around. But then when the movie came out, after the negative reviews, Milo called it a masterpiece. Sargon said he really liked it. You know... I, I, yeah, I don't I think, understand. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm really confused on a lot of things because look at Robert De Niro's role. We were talking about this last night. Robert De Niro is a far lefty, hates Trump, and yet his character in the movie is literally implying himself. You know, it's very ironic what, that he's acting like this pompous, know-it-all, condescending talk show host that's saying, you know, what's funny, what isn't, what's the right opinion, what isn't. And he's a guy in real life that's acting condescending towards Trump. So projection, maybe reflection. But why would he sign up for this role? Because he gets paid money. They don't care. That's why I think. think. Really, do you think these people really care what roles they do? Like he gives them enough money, you know, they'll go and um, what was it, lick Dan Schneider's feet or whatever, you know? They'll yeah. do. Yeah. Or I, mean, I don't know if it's Dan. Whoever's the, the Nickelodeon guy, it's just joking. I don't know if they actually do that, but yeah. we've seen some things on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> You know, take a look at that, you know, CNN. But, um, no, I feel that this just upset the the right people because it did not portray the rich as more evil and, and didn't portray, the, like, the Antifa as being smart. You know, it, they used to side does the it, Joker. Does it? How, see, I'm, I kind of think it does want to portray the rich as evil. I think it does. It, no, I say it does. It portrays. It doesn't portray the rich as evil enough. Oh, It okay. doesn't portray the left or the Antifa, the the violent peasant uprising, <laughs> as like good. They end up losing in the end. You know, the Joker is a villain. They followed a mentally ill guy into, you know, for all this stuff. Even though he had no political goals for it, like they want him to be a Robin Hood, but he's really just insane. And also, like, real quick, do you guys find find this interesting that the Joker's, like, in his, like, 30s or 40s, and he's seeing, like, Batman as he's, like, nine years old? Like, I was going to mention that. That mm-hmm. age gap doesn't make any sense. Well, keep like, in- maybe he's just insane. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting, I do like this was one interesting time, because a lot mm-hmm. of these Batman movies always have to show Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed, which is fine. This one did a little differently, where it's happening at the end. You didn't see it coming, where one of the... You see... Um, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents come out of a theater with him and one of the clown Antifa people shoots and kills them. I thought that was cleverly slid in there because Bruce Wayne doesn't need to be in this movie at all till that point. But at that point, that's also, that's not only when Batman is arguably born, but it's also when the Joker's born. So I thought that was a good moment. And I think 
I'm gonna go on record saying this. That scene where Joker finally gets on his makeup, he goes down the elevator and starts dancing on the steps. That's gonna be an iconic scene. That's gonna be one of those scenes that you're gonna you're gonna see parodied, remembered for a long time. Because I remember it already kind of became kind of a meme, but not memes don't always mean the scene's gonna be iconic. But that scene, I think, it's iconic. The music they play, oh, the yeah. Hey song during it, like that is gonna that's gonna be one of those that's gonna be the scene of the movie. Because that's when he becomes a Joker. Oh, and uh, with that, I uh, when it comes to the whole um, age gap between Batman and the Joker, um, I was watching a video on this, and it's more uh, based on a theory. And um, this could be like a, either one of the universes, like what if you know I'm a Batman, in one of the universes where a Batman's like really small and a Joker's like a um, much older than him. But this might not be the real Joker. What if it's like um? That's yeah, something else I Joker. want to mention. Yeah. Okay. The I thought this movie should have ended when Joker's on that clown car or on clown car on that cop car and he, you know, takes his the blood that's coming out of his mouth, makes a smile, and he's like laying there and it starts to fade out. That should have been the end of the movie. Would have been perfect. But they tack on this scene at the end that just we were both confused when we yeah. saw it, I bet. He's in this hospital and then he like comes out. They imply he kills the girl, which I don't know how he that, that was like with him in the hospital there, which I, it's impossible. There's no way he could have killed her. Then he has blood on his shoes, which doesn't make any sense. And then he's running around. People are chasing him. And then it ends. And I'm like, are they trying to say that this was all in his head? Are they trying to say none of this happened? Like, I, I, I get that's, that's kind of the you. point, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't entirely. I don't know. I don't really buy it so much. Well, I, that that's kind of, that's part of the beauty because they let they let they left a whole bunch of scenes there, and like a whole bunch of straight scenes, so you know that some of them are in his head, like mm -hmm. cause, because that's that's kind of how the rest of the movie was, right? There was there was a whole bunch of stuff, and some of it was just in his head, and then um, so so you know. That out of those see out of a lot of those scenes, there's going to be, like, you know, which one? So it leaves you with the question: Well, what what was real and what was in his head? Yeah, uh, I, and I, I think like that's it. good because I'm not gonna. Okay, I might be. We might be the only. We we, we both thought this actually, so we might yeah. be the only ones here. When he, you know, that the the uh, girl he had the hot for, uh, we all you know followed that until. He gets into her house after, and she's sitting there and she's like, who are you? Neither of us realize at that moment that he had never met her before and none of that actually happened, that whole romantic storyline. I well, never, I, I didn't see that the first time. They didn't, so that was confusing. And now well, that I see that later, I'm like, I think this movie's trying to say, what if this guy became the Joker? Or what if this guy inspires the Joker in the future? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen. No. I, I think that the <laughs> I, I think that the the one real the one real thing part of that was when the when he was in the elevator and the girl did the whole gun Oh yeah. Like, the hand the hand gun to the head. Yeah. I think that's uh, real too, because she recognizes yeah. that when he does it yeah. and, again. Yeah. And then so yeah, and then so I think that's where he connected with her because the the or in his head, he connected with her because he doesn't have very many, like he doesn't have the human connection element that most people have. So it's like, so of course his mind kind of ran away with that one. 
Uh, and I think the rest of it was probably in his head, but like, see some of this, I, I already realized that some of this can't be in his head because that clown Antifa uprising, they right. killed Bruce Wayne's parents and that actually right. happened. So that's real. So I guess right. he's real. I guess, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying this. I do like this movie, but at times it's like, I'm a little confused what they're trying to say at certain things. I think, but it's a thinker because it, it does make you guessing. think. Yes. It keeps you guessing, like which which parts are real and mm -hmm. which ones were completely made up. Yeah, and that's why I will well, say I do. The best part about this movie is that right when it's done, you want to think about this movie and talk about it. It makes you think. It makes you reexamine yourself, society, how you treat people. I think that's the best part of this movie, and I think it's a very important movie for this time because of that. Yeah, that's like the whole moral of the story is don't be a jerk to uh, people, especially mentally ill people. Yeah. You don't know how bad they have it. But uh, no, I'm kind of curious because he still doesn't feel like the Joker because like you've seen the Joker, unless they're making this a new Joker, like the old Joker is like a, like he'd lead like this band of, you know, like uh, criminals. Mm -hmm. This guy does not feel like he could lead anyone. Like I always feel like that to make a sequel to this where he becomes from this just, you know, depressed uh, mentally ill person into this criminal mastermind because he does not feel like that at least right now and i think that would actually be an interesting one too I, honestly i don't really like superhero movies that much but this wasn't a superhero movie like at least not a right like i mean obviously it's not a superhero movie, it's a super villain movie but like you know I, I feel like there needs to be more of this sort of like one you know realistic you know heroes and villains and two like you know just kind of taking a look at how these people you know these villains are because this is just something. Oh, it was a, it was a good movie. It's just I don't we, know, it just feels like there needs to be more. The one thing I noticed about this Joker that's different from past Joker is it really explores the mental illness aspect, which is interesting and all that. But the one thing it's a different take on Heath Ledger's Joker, let's say for example, because Heath Ledger's Joker is very smart. Even though he's very, you know, he's a psychopath, he's crazy, he's insane, he's evil, all these things, he's chaotic, but he's really freaking smart. His plans, his um, societal um, uh, commentary, it's all really smart. This Joker, he literally, everything that happens to him kind of happens by accident. It kind of happens by chance. It kind of happens, you know, and he's almost, I don't want to say he's a bumbling idiot, but he kind of bumbles through all these events that lead up to things like he basically shoots and kills those three wall street guys almost by luck like he's never used a gun before but he happened to figure it out and kill them and he also becomes a sort of uh leader of this clown antifa because of the media you know he didn't really orchestrate any of this and he gets out of that cop car near the end by one of the clown antifas like he never coordinated that it just happened so that's where, like I, like you were kind of alluding to, Alex, which is that he is different from most Jokers. And it almost makes you question if he is the Joker because you don't really, you see some Joker aspects in, but not all of them, which is why I think it's just a different take. But the director has even hinted at that this may not be the Joker, but he says he's going to like reveal that soon. So we'll see about that. Any final thoughts? Um, yeah, it was definitely a good movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, uh, hopefully you didn't come look at those spoilers. But <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you haven't seen it yet, I'd take a look. 
Well, my thought was like, you, if the even if the director says like he's not the real Joker. Well, he hasn't said that. Yeah. Yet, even if, but yeah. I'm saying like if okay. scenario, what if scenario? But yeah. if he says that this isn't the real Joker, and to me, I think this Joker in the movie will be the OG Joker because because he's like the start of it all. So he. Represents- I don't think so because I think it's very different from the comic book interpretations, yeah. and that's where Ledger's Joker is more like the penultimate. This is the perfect representation of the Joker, mm. whereas this is more of like a different take. Maybe it could be a different universe, like a Joker, because there are lots different types of like universes in the DC realm. Yeah, so. and they're not even calling this like an like a traditional DC film. It's like DC like Black series or something like that. I forget what they're calling it. Yeah. So it's like I said, it's almost like an experimental project. It's not. It's so hard to describe what this movie is. It's almost like a what yeah. if scenario. I still think it's a very interesting movie and very, very fascinating and very, it's powerful. It is very dark and very powerful and very reflective of today's world. And this guy's just pure insanity too. Like mm. you take all the jokers from like the other worlds and like uh, these jokers, they kind of have like a level of, uh, you know, being sane, but like this, um, this experimental joker is just like just pure insanity. I, uh, yeah, I definitely... If you haven't seen it, go see it. Sorry about the spoilers if you haven't. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I, I mean, I was wondering if, like, how a sequel could be made because there was kind of a little bit of the way it was just constructed was kind of like. I, I, I don't think a sequel is possible. Sequel, but then there's a lot of questions. And a great way to ensure that there is a sequel is to leave a lot of questions out there. Mm. You know, I don't so. think they will do a sequel. I really don't think they will. I think yeah. the studio will push for it. I don't yeah. think Todd Phillips would want to do a sequel. Yeah. Oh, I, I think they still need to explain how he becomes the Joker, though, because he's still not the Joker at the end of this. He's crazy. You know, but unless they're going to do what you were mentioning earlier, which I, I don't feel like they're going to do that because they already spent so much time developing this character. Well, like, like I said, I think he is the Joker by the end of it, but he just sort of just becomes it. And I think this I, movie was, I'm not going to lie, I could be wrong because I know this is technically the end of his character arc, but I think they were a little scared to have him Joker too much, you know? Because you really don't, I noticed through this movie, I never started comparing him to past Jokers because he's never the, he's not the Joker in this movie, literally to like the last 15 minutes. And when he is the well, Joker, he's, he's not doing much, you know? And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't... It's it's weird, because it is called Joker. And yeah, it does have the Batman elements and does come to him being the Joker at the end. But he doesn't do a lot of Jokering, which is fine. But it's almost like they kind of were afraid. They felt almost a little bit afraid. And I could be wrong, because this movie almost felt like it was a little cut short. I could be wrong on this, but that's just my feelings. Well, yeah, he does... Like, he's not... Like, I don't know how he'd even fight Batman. This guy just feels like he's insane. He does not yeah. feel like he, he is a Joker. It just feels like a movie about an insane person. Like, That's what honestly, I mean. Yeah. Like, and- he needs to have development to the point where he can command other people. And maybe they're going to do that. I know they're making a new Suicide Squad movie. I don't know if it's oh, going to be the same Joker in there. Is it going to be the other Suicide Squad Joker? We're going to have two no. Jokers. Come on, Jerry Lowe's no, Joker no. is a masterpiece. <laughs> oh, no. I no. like Jared Leto. He's a talented actor, but his Joker no, was terrible. Jared. It was disappointing because I liked I liked Jared Leto yeah. as an actor. Uh, the, the, but but that 
That Joker was terrible. Well, because they're trying to make him in this like modern day gangsta crime boss, and it was stupid and it was just terrible. And he didn't have any screen time, and it was shoehorn in this movie. I, oh god. Oh, you're talking about Suicide well, Squad? Yeah. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> well, they're making a new one. Is that going to be the new Joker or the old Joker? I think it's going to be the old with- one. Well, how's that going to work if you're going to have two different Jokers at the same time? That, that just... Well, that's what I'm saying, that this film, it's not a traditional DC film. They call it something like DC Black Series or something. I forget what the, the, the name of it. But it's basically almost like a side project. Or like, what if this happened in our universe? You know, Or what if we experiment with this? It's not really the definitive DC Joker. Like, there's the, the definitive Thanos. There's only one Thanos. In DC, like, this is kind of just like a side project or spin-off. It's not the Joker. Could become that, but I just don't think that's what they're going for here. And it's also R-rated. And if they brought him into Suicide Squad, well, they're going to have to move that rating down and change things a bit. So it's not going to be the same character. Well, I must feel like they have to, like, they developed this character too much just to be a one-off. To me, at least. I think they're going to reboot The Dark Knight or whatever. Oh, boy. If they do that, I'm going to be <laughs> well, they're gonna have to reboot it. They're not just gonna make the Joker and then just not have any new. They need to remake it. Like they, they can't just go and waste this like perfectly good origin story on nothing. Well, they might just make another Joker. <laughs> that would be such a waste if they do that. Like, the, uh, like the n- money, the money would be too good though. Because I mean, look, you look at you look at the Joker now, like. It's it's a success. Yes. With only a, with only what a seventy million dollar budget, it's mm-hmm. already grossed over half a billion dollars. Yeah. In the box office, like this thing is a wild success. Yeah. Well, I think this was the most successful. Uh, what was it? Uh, October release in yes. ever? I think. Yeah. Well, that's why I said I think the studio wants a sequel. The studio wants to use this joke and other things. I think the studio wants all these things, but I don't think Todd Phillips wants it at all. Now, does he have control over this? No, <laughs> you know, but he has limited some control. So I don't know where it's going to go. But last thing I'll say is definitely go see it while you can. It's definitely going to be a film that's going to be remembered. It's definitely, like I said, powerful, reflective, but extremely dark film. Like I walked out and I said to her, like, this is one of the darkest films I've seen. And I know it's a lot of people didn't even say that, but a lot of people did. And I think it's because if you can relate to this on a certain level, it, the, the the darkness feels a bit more. It's it's so hard to describe. I don't expect anyone to understand what I'm saying, but it is it's brutally dark. And, you know, I have to see it for a second view and give a better opinion because I'm not going to lie. Like I said, I came out and I didn't know if I liked it. <laughs> I mean, now I like it a lot more. The more I talked about it, I liked it, but it's kind of just like, boy, that was rough. Buy it before, or watch it before it gets banned. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can say. So, last thing we're going to talk about today, unless we get a little extra time here. El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, has dropped. It came out on Netflix a few days ago. We watched half of it till we got kicked out of our uh, personal Penn State theater here and finished yeah. the other half literally a few hours ago. And what are your guys' uh, first impressions, hot takes, spoiler free? Okay, so uh, it just kind of felt useless. It was long. Nothing really happened. Um, I don't know. It just felt like it... It could have, like, I, like the, the story was already pretty wrapped up. And I liked how in the original, you know, Breaking Bad, 
you know, you kind of have, you can draw your own conclusions. I mean, if you want to go and see more, at least for the lore, you could go and look at Better Call Saul, and I thought that was pretty good. But this, this just felt like, you know, a quintessential direct-to-Netflix movie. It was just a, a big letdown, but, you know, I didn't pay any money, so I can't really complain. Hmm. I thought, personally, the first half, I thought, was so stretched out, where he sort of for spoiler free way of putting this getting things going and then once they got to that apartment that's when it picked up and it got interesting and the second half was all right you know it was better than the first half the one thing i will say is the cinematography this was beautiful absolutely beautifully filmed and breaking bad was already a well shot series i wouldn't go as far as to say it was beautiful i think in the fifth season and I think the fourth season two, I haven't seen the show in a while. That's when it started getting more beautiful. But I never liked the shaky cam in Breaking Bad. I know it sounds nitpicky, but I hate shaky cam. <laughs> and this has no shaky cam. Bear Call Saul has no shaky cam. Breaking Bad had shaky cam. I think near the end is when they started getting rid of it a lot more. But that was one of my biggest gripes with Breaking Bad. Honestly, it was a shaky cam and some of the ridiculous things that happened in that show. But... Other than that, I'm a fan of Breaking Bad. I really like Breaking Bad. Great characters, great story, very well done. I just, I kind of had the same impressions that Alex has, which is I did like this. It was all right. It wasn't great. I wouldn't like say I love this at all. I don't think it was needed. I, in my honesty, was a little confused on certain parts because it relies on a lot of fan service Easter eggs, a lot of callbacks. Uh, the one thing I will say is that, and I don't want to spoil this, but there are characters that do quote unquote come back. And I thought some of them worked and some of them didn't like it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Vince Gilligan's a bad filmmaker. Oh, I think he's fantastic, but I just don't, I don't know why he was saying like, Oh, I need to make this. I don't think you did. I think we all kind of knew what would happen to Jesse. I don't, and the way it ends, I didn't specifically think that's how his story would go from the end of Breaking Bad, but I kind of got the impression of what he'd be like. Um, what did you think of this, Phil? Uh, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like great, but it wasn't terrible either. Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of like, there was a couple of things that bothered me though. One, Obviously, Are these spoilers? The age, the age of these other characters definitely showed. Like, yeah, and I know what you mean. Like, oh, they're trying to, they're trying to play this thing like it just happened, and oh wow, these characters are like ten years older. What the hell? Yeah, and then like, and uh, and then and then uh, it let it. Breaking Bad left with a lot of things that you could kind of. Uh, you think up as far as your own conclusions go. Yeah, um, which I think is good. I didn't like. I didn't like how they confirmed that Walter White was dead. Like I, well, I, part of me, part of me was still kind of thinking, oh well, maybe, maybe he could still. be I alive. never thought that. I'm not gonna like lie. That. No, 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 no. There's so, there are there are some that thought. Oh yeah. That he was still alive and Brian Cranston in an interview said, well, nothing's for certain. Like he kind of, he kind of left it hanging too. Um, 
But yeah, they this one confirmed that yeah he, he And to piggyback oh. off of that, that's honestly what was one of my biggest complaints of the Breaking Bad finale, which I think is a great finale. I, I think people kind of praise it a bit too much. I don't think it was one of the best finales ever. I still think I was thinking it's it's definitely like a uh, how do I phrase it? It's one of the it's one of the better finales, but I don't think it's one of the absolute best. And the reason I say it's because it's very neat and tidy. Like the only real loose ends there, which I think they were good to have, was Jesse, you know, screaming in the car at the end, and he kind of goes off and escapes, which I think is a good loose end to have. But everything else plays out nicely and cleanly, which was satisfying, yet a little, a little, you know, you know, I guess it'd be more, it doesn't feel as realistic as it could be. It's hard to describe, but it's a little tidy for a finale. Like a finale, you want to kind of, I think. Okay, I'm gonna get hate for this. I know people hate that Game of Thrones finale, but what I liked about the Game of Thrones finale is there were some things that were closed up, some things were left open. And that's how I think a good finale goes, is that you leave some things to your imagination, some things with possibilities, some things have proper closure. And I think Breaking Bad had more of that closure than that possibility. And where it did have possibility, it was good, but then this movie kind of goes and closes all those possibilities. Well, I think that like the hardest thing to go and do when you're writing a series is pro or like anything, like a book, a movie, like a video game, like is writing the ending because the yeah. ending, you know, it, it's so easy to do it wrong. And so many times has it been done wrong, but so, but you only really remember the ones that did it bad. You know, the good ones, they're hard to remember. And, you know, Breaking Bad was one of the good ones, you know, some people didn't like it. And, you know, the one, you know, I'm going to disagree with you, Phil, on this. I think that the one good thing about this is it dispelled that whole, oh, uh, you know, Walter's still alive thing. Cause there was no way he survived that. The dude had yeah. cancer and the dude got shot. Like, you know, that was perfect climactic ending but this one it just felt like fan service like the entire movie it did not need to exist like the only thing it really did was close up the walter white myth and everything else it was just a waste of time like the whole searching you know bits of it you know it just took forever like i don't know it just went on way too long and it wasn't very it didn't feel like there's a point to it it was just, I guess, for people who can't imagine what happens to go and basically tell them, this is what happened to Jesse, mm. you know, and his friends. What did you think, T? Um, honestly, yeah, I do agree. The first part of it was just um, get to the point already. Um, the last part, the ending, I'm really sad to me when um, they showed well, No, no, no spoilers yet. <laughs> oh. You, you can hint at it, though. We'll get into spoilers well, soon. the minute... No, I know. Uh, just like a minute before the show ended, there's this uh, one character that appeared yeah. where like uh, stood out to me because it either like showed like what if um you know um this happened mm. kind of thing. So and then not only that, but um uh, just throughout the entire uh like uh the entire movie, how uh, Jesse made that one specific uh, decision, which was uh, different from the entire series, um really showed that he was um you know growing up and um he uh and then and I've noticed uh, throughout the movie he was also becoming like a Hank, you know, is that a spoiler? No, your thing is becoming like Walt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Walt. Yeah, he That's was. That's not a spoiler. No, but he I was, know what you mean. Yeah, he literally took on the form of a Walt. So we're going to go into spoilers now. So spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler alert. Yes, you're going to hear spoilers, and there are plenty in this movie, but actually not as many as you'd expect. So when you do say that it does feel like Walt at the end, 
I do kind of agree because there is a particular character that comes at the end and I knew he was going to come in the minute he knocked on the door and that is Walter White. He does come back for one scene. I thought it was a cool scene. I thought it was funny when Jesse yeah. piles it. We both laugh when he piles the food on his plate. He's like, yeah. yeah. You know, it is trademark word. Yeah. That was funny. You can see the growth in him, like how he was. like um, Yeah, he was more scene. childish. Yeah, like, yeah. And then answers, like, the, you know, the yeah, word. The yeah, the word. And he doesn't really say that word um, throughout this entire movie. He doesn't even say it much, yeah. Actually, if you notice, he doesn't even, I like... like Walter White. Walter White's like, you're going to want to get your GED. He's like, I got my diploma, man. <laughs> yeah. You were, on, you were on stage when you handed it to me, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I did really like yeah. that scene. I'm glad that, like, here's the thing with, like, doing cameos or bringing back the old characters you love is they have to have purpose. And I think, like, Hank at the beginning kind of had a purpose, but kind of didn't. And I think Walt had a purpose because it kind of shows Jesse's character growth and also shows how, you know. What? Well, hold on. What are you saying? Hank doesn't have a purpose. That that's completely. Oh, sorry, not Hank. I meant um Mike, Mike, Mike. When he's at the beginning of the film and he's standing there with Jesse and they're like looking across the water. Oh yeah, that's useless. Yeah, I was gonna say like I don't know why he, that, what the point of that was. I mean, I maybe I have to rewatch some of these bits. Maybe but... just to show that hey, I've grown up, you know. I don't know. Like I, don't I just know. don't. Oh, note one thing. Um, notice how in the movie, um, uh, Jesse does not use any drugs. That's true. He doesn't even he even turned it down. Yeah, from exactly. His like someone offered him like a, a joint, and then he was he just quickly turned away from it. But usually in the series, he'd be he'd go back to it. Yeah, he'd do everything. Yeah, and that's well, what he just you know he was kind of caged for a while, so you know he probably is like I'm not doing this anymore. Well, that's the thing. This was trying to show the trauma that had on him, the effects of that trauma being caged up by the Fashy Boys, and. See, the thing is, you kind of already saw that in the fifth season. You, I mean, let's dive deeper into it, but do we really need to know that, like, anymore? You know what I mean? Well, I guess, like, it kind of, yeah, it's just fan service. They just want to go and show you, hey, this is what happened when he was abducted. This is what happened, I guess, how he got out. Like, it was just explaining things for people who can't put two and two together, I feel like. Yeah. And I think also the... um the movie's called El Camino, okay? Why was it named after the car that we don't even see in most of this movie? <laughs> it's not even with him at the end. It's an edgy name. It's a cool-sounding name. It's like, oh, El Camino. <laughs> I think of Gran Torino when I hear it. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. See, it's I, a that great was a, movie. That, that was an awesome movie, but this was just, you know, was, you could tell it's a direct-to-Netflix special. It just felt... Like this would not like if I paid mighty good with theater to see this, I would be upset. That's true. I think, I think I'm getting a different opinion because it's Netflix. If this was like a paid, I saw it at the movies. I'd be like, what I pay for? Because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't. I noticed instantly. Like the two things I noticed instantly when this movie star was that the cinematography was upgraded tremendously. Even though they're using the same crew from Better Call Saul, it's way more cinematic. Oh wait, what can we say? Last word about El Camino. Uh, don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to see it, good. But if not, see you guys later. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news.